Welcome back to Nightmare Fuel. I'm your host, James Kreha. I hope you're geared up for another chilling, frightening tale. If you struggle with nightmares or sleeping, this might not be the podcast for you. If, however, you enjoy that stuff, then stay right here. Hello, beautiful. If you can hear this, please listen to my confession. You probably don't know me, but I've known you for a very long time. And I don't know if I should say this yet, but I love you. I do. I love you. I do. I really, really do. I love you so much that I built your entire world for you. So you may live on and on and on. I built it just after I met you. You were so beautiful lying there with your dreamy eyes tenderly shut. Your near translucent skin which seemed to be growing paler and paler by the second. The way your limbs were twisted delicately mangled at the joints to form such an unearthly vision of vulnerability. Oh, that must have been such a long fall. Not only did the building possess incredible height, but I know how the most glorious of angels must fall the furthest. Oh, my angel, my contorted angel on the pavement. Your soft flesh had been scraped away in just the right places, revealing your inner body's artistic formation. No one could ever appreciate such a sight but I. No one but I could ever admire the curvature of your neck, bent a perfect 90 degrees to the right, and twisted around twice and only twice. As soon as I saw you there, I just had to reach out and touch you. I shivered in anticipation as I traced my fingers down your body, right to where it was already beginning to split. It stunned me with excitement, making me wonder at every second whether you'd burst apart. And I carried you. I was ever so careful, making sure I didn't damage what was left of your body. Some fragments of your skull fell out on the way, but I was quick to push them back in. Don't worry, you were still in one piece when I brought you home. I brought you to lay on my bed, shattered arms crossed over your chest. You looked just like the pretty corpses in old fairy tales, even more so when I dressed you in my mother's wedding gown. I took out my spell book, ready to resurrect you, but no, the time wasn't right. I was afraid I would frighten you away, so I created your afterlife, one just like the world you knew. Then I could keep loving you, you and your wounds, for what could be eternity but I think you're ready to be revived now to gaze upon the blackened eyes of me, your savior from below. You will live again with love and beauty that will never die, as your wounds will always be fresh and your bones just as mangled as they were when I met you. You'll be able to feel my touch for the first time, our fluids mingling together, your cold blood. Don't worry, my love. I'll be just as gentle as I've always been. I don't remember much about my childhood like most people. 
Those memories are always vague, and eventually you realize whatever you remember is probably just a reconstructed memory. You don't have much choice in the matter, and are usually convinced that your memory would never fail you. The first memory I have was when I was five. I'm not sure if it's real or not, but that's when I think I met Michael. I never had any friends, so I was glad when I met him. He called me Jack, and I liked it. As uncertain as I am if I remember our first encounter, there's no doubting the strong bond we immediately formed. I won't bore you with the details of what we did every day for the past few years, but I will outline some of the things we did together to assure even the most skeptical among the readers of our friendship. Michael, being a slightly effeminate child, didn't have many friends at school either. He was bullied and the highlight of his day was coming home and sharing a cup of tea with me all the while telling me of his woes and lessening his burden. The tea, unlike my words of consolation, was make-believe. Another one of his favorite activities was cutting my hair. He would style it in all sorts of ways, and I enjoyed each one of them. Fortunately for him, my hair grew inexplicably fast, and he often got a chance to restyle it. There was one thing that constantly strained our relationship, though. Don't get me wrong, Michael and I had absolutely no hard feelings towards each other. It was his parents. I don't think they approved of me, and I couldn't tell you why, even if I tried. It wasn't just disapproval. I began to think they hated me. The longer our friendship lasted, the worse it got. It pains me to even think about it, so I won't dwell on this for long. As quickly as our relationship had initially flourished, it began to diminish after two years. Michael grew to become a stocky football player, and I remained exactly the same as before, scrawny and completely incapable of competing athletically. He made new friends and started to ignore me. This hurt me a lot, especially since I was there for him in his time of need. His abandoning me was the last thing I expected, and it hit me hard. I felt like I had no one left in this world. As I sit in the corner of the room and write this, I can see Michael and his friends watching TV. Sometimes it seems like he notices me and looks my way, but I know better. I've now resigned to my fate. He created me, but forgot to destroy me. If you happen to enjoy this episode of the podcast please, please leave us a five-star review. It helps us get seen and get out there. We'll see you next time on the next episode of Nightmare Fuel.